Commissioner Kevin Warren, the data says it is safe to play college football, and I'm going to prove it to you next on Michigan Podcast. But there's going to be one team that's going to play solely as a team. No man is more important than the team. No coach is more important than the team. The team, the team, the team. Looks deep for Anthony Clark. Waits for it. Nip caught. This is no time for that. In the pocket and a sack. Tim Jamison. Brady gets terrific. Throws it. Get it. Touchdown night again. Schultz just before Brazil got him. And a leaping interception by Woodson. Harbaugh back to throw over the middle. Caught by Kohler at the five on his feet. Touchdown, Michigan. On its way. It's good. He's 5'7", 179 pounds. A junior at Michigan. But Jamie Morris packs a wallop. And he delivers for Boshin Bengals. And here's your first play. Pressure coming. Second. It is Glenn Steele, number 81, who fought his way through the traffic. Option. And Robinson calls his own number, and he's going to score. Oh, an easy touchdown from Robinson and Michigan. win the championship again because we're going to play as a team and when we play as a team and the old season is over you and I know it's going to be Michigan again Michigan. Go Blue. I'm Steve Dace, and welcome to this week's episode of Michigan Podcast. We'll have our 10-minute war with our good friend Mark Rogers, an Ohio State fan, coming up here in the next segment of the program. But we begin with what we just teased. The political hits just keep coming for the Big Ten. Now they say there was a vote. It was 11-3. to Except that contradicts what other people said on the record, that it was either 12-2 to or there wasn't a vote. Michigan's Mark Schlissel was apparently one of the presidents not only voting to cancel the fall football season, but helping to lead the parade. What I find fascinating is the University of Minnesota president said that, uh, hey, she didn't remember a vote. So either she was lying when she said that or she's mentally incompetent and doesn't remember actually voting. The Penn State athletic director, Sandy Barber, said, hey, I I don't remember there was a vote. No one told me there was a vote. So either she was lying or they lied to her. Her own president did that there was a vote. Either way, as every day goes by and it becomes abundantly clear that the Big Ten doesn't know its head from a hole in the ground, the political heat mounts. And now there's phone calls from the president. Here we go. It doesn't have to be like this, Big Ten. Hi, my name is Steve Dace, and I'm here to help. Commissioner Warren, I want to I give you the choice that your son was given by the Southeastern Conference, the, the choice that, that you didn't give the players and families in the Big Ten. 
I'm going to give you the choice to opt out. To opt out of arguably the dumbest and worst decision in the history of intercollegiate athletics. And I'm going to give you the data that helps you save face. Starting here. All of this I wrote for Sports Illustrated over the weekend. According to CDC, only 6% of deaths can be directly tied to having died from COVID as opposed to with COVID, which means the other 94% of people who sadly perished had a comorbidity. Um, Given the age and prime health of college football players, this is kind of a key data point because how many of them have a pre-existing comorbidity? The answer is very low. According to CDC, confirmed hospitalizations for COVID nationwide are now at their lowest total since March 21st, when we were still doing 15 days to flatten the curve. Only 2.9% of the available hospital beds in the Big Ten footprint are being used for COVID patients. Now, where did I get this number? Well, the COVID tracking project tells us how many people are hospitalized in each state and then how many hospital beds are available in each of those states as well. So I did this really complicated um, math. This, I think it's called a quadratic equation. I divided the amount of people in hospitals in Big Ten states for COVID or with COVID, and make sure I get the preposition right, and then I divided that by the amount of hospital beds in each of those states. So very complicated math, and it came out to 2.9% of hospital beds in our conference are currently occupied with COVID patients, which means 97.1% of them aren't. How about this one? According to CDC, only 1.9% of ER visits nationwide are for COVID-like symptoms, which means 98.1% of Americans are going to the ER for something other than coronavirus. Is that good? I think that's good. According to the latest active case numbers, only 0.26% of people living in the Big Ten footprint are an active confirmed case Of coronavirus. And I'm not even counting the recent New York Times story, which says nationwide we have exaggerated our COVID case count by 40 to 9%, 40 to 90%, I should say, uh, because of a flawed testing uh, metric. I'm not even counting that. I'm just going with the public numbers published in real time at Worldometer. And I just looked at the active cases they have there in every Big Ten state, and I divided it by the population, the combined population that we have in the Big Ten. It's about 85 million people. And that means 0.26% of the people in our states are currently a positive case for COVID. That is statistically insignificant, frankly. Let's look at some more data. According to CDC, since March, only 1.5% of deaths for those aged 15 to 24 have been with COVID, which means the other 98.5% didn't have COVID when they died. According to CDC, 15 to 24-year-olds represent 12.9% of the U.S. population, but they also represent just 0.2% of all COVID deaths. Of course, that's right in the age range of a college football player. You look at what's going on in the NFL. Training camps are now concluding in the NFL. And as we sit here getting ready for the cutdowns, there's 2,560 players right now on NFL rosters, only one of them is on the COVID reserve list. One out of 2,560 
Not to mention these NFL teams, they are not operating in a singular bubble like they are in the NHL and the NBA. NFL teams have been conducting padded practices for weeks too, which means we have proof of concept in real time that our league here in the Big Ten can emulate and put into practice. A leading cardiologist at the University of Michigan cast doubt on the myocarditis concern when we talked to him at Wolverine Digest. A top genetic cardiologist at the prestigious Mayo Clinic said the same uh, to Jim Cramer uh, from CNBC. Furthermore, if you were seeing this alarming rate of onset diagnoses for myocarditis from the workouts you were already permitting, then why do you continue to let those workouts occur? Why are they still permitted then? Why didn't you shut them all down? It would seem to me if the walkthrough workouts were producing myocarditis flare-ups that we'd stop teams from doing them. But every team in the Big Ten has been practicing this entire time. Which brings us to this final point. There have been three major testing innovations brought to market just since the Big Ten's cancellation as well. One of them from the University of Illinois, a member institution. That's a saliva-based test. It received emergency FDA approval, as did the much-publicized test from the NBA Players Association, which it did in conjunction with Yale University. It also received emergency approval from the FDA. That cost as low as $4 a sample to process. And now Abbott Labs has been granted emergency approval from the FDA for a self-contained saliva-based test that sells for just $5. Each of these innovations makes testing substantially more accessible and affordable than it was even a few weeks ago when the league said, hey, $150 a test, even for a conference as lucrative as ours, that is a big nut to crack. Well, how about $5 a test? Can you crack that one? Because I kind of think that you can. Folks, New Jersey's the most densely populated state in the country. Maryland is in the top five. The Big Ten region footprint is one of the most densely populated regions of this country. Given how densely populated our footprint is, given the fact we're in a massive country of 330 million people, how much lower can these numbers get without a meaningful vaccine or natural herd immunity? How much better can you do then 0.26% of your people are an active coronavirus case, and that's even with a flawed, exaggerated testing metric. How much better can you do than that? Because if it's not safe to play now, when is it safe until we have natural herd immunity or a vaccine? Commissioner, give Big Ten players and their families the same choice that your son was given by the SEC. The choice to play. Want to thank all of you who have been supporting us on Patreon these last few years here on Michigan Podcast. And for those of you that ask us every now and then, hey, what can we do to help uh, support what you guys are doing and help it to grow? Well, supporting us on Patreon is a big way you can do that. Patreon.com slash Michigan Podcast. And as you can see, when you become a $5 a month uh, subscriber and supporter or more, you get uh, as well exclusive content that we publish just for you on our Patreon page, including a lot of the stuff that I do with sports handicapping as legalization goes wider throughout the country. In fact, you can see uh, I put up just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the notes uh, for NFL win totals, looking at the schedule release. So a lot more where that came from. If you want to support us at patreon.com slash Michigan podcast.
Back here with this week's edition of the 10-Minute War, our good friend and Ohio State fan, Mark Rogers, the voice of college football. He's got a phenomenal YouTube channel in his own right. Good to see you, brother. How are you? Good to see you, Steve. Uh, Maybe we've got some hope. I do think we have some hope. Um, I had an Ohio State uh, media guy, you may know, Kyle Lamb, send me a direct message the other day saying, man, you know the Big Ten is wrong if they've united Michigan fans like you with Ohio State fans like me. And I said, Kyle, I'm just doing my small part to make sure y'all get your uh, perennial opportunity to humiliate us again this year. All right, but if you look at where things are at, and I know you had a chance to read the article I wrote for Sports Illustrated. I just laid that data out for our audience I mean, when only 0.26% of the people in our footprint, and there's 85 million people live in this footprint, Mark, when only 0.26% of them are a positive COVID case, I mean, I don't know how much more, uh, how much lower the numbers get. Without a meaningful vaccine or natural herd immunity, how do you do much better than we're doing right now? So if it's not safe to play now, when is it safe? The, the political heat on the Big Ten has only grown. If we're not at DEFCON 1 right now, we're at DEFCON 2, and that could be why people from Dan Patrick to Teddy Greenstein at the Chicago Tribune are now saying they're hearing that the Big Ten is looking to go as soon as October the 10th, provided they have all their safety protocols in place. What are your thoughts, Mark? So in regards to the Ohio State and Michigan collaboration, desperate times mean desperate measures, of course, uh, as we are looking at the pressure being put on from the very highest office in the land, a 15 to 20 meeting, a minute meeting reported uh, this afternoon between President Trump and Kevin Warren, uh, in which uh, testing seemed to be the uh, predominant issue that uh, the president um, and maybe Kevin Warren uh, expressed to the president as being the hindrance behind playing football at any time soon. But yes, an October 10th uh, date has been leaked out. Uh, I set it up uh, a couple of days ago that October 24th in just eyeing the calendar, setting forth a reasonable calendar season for the Big Ten and playing 10 games, giving two bye weeks, one of those coming at the conclusion of the season for a team to prepare for the college football playoff that October 24th would be the very um, last Saturday that uh, the Big Ten could sync up with the other three conferences to compete for the college football playoff with not a whole lot of room for uh, canceled games. But October 10th would leave uh, another two dates on the calendar, another two weeks to provide that flexibility. And this is good news for anybody who wants to see Big Ten football, of course, uh, that this and and also just for the American way, for the American way that if you organize, if you unite in one voice and pull together and are uh, perseverant and adamant, you can uh, get some things done still in this country. Apparently, we shall see. One of the things I heard from someone who works with a major television network, not the one you work with, another one. Uh, I want to make sure I'm not doing a passive aggressive way of saying Mark is my source without outing him. No, this is a totally different source. It's not you. Uh, They had told me yesterday that the reason why the other networks uh, or all the networks were holding off coming out with a fall football schedule beyond the first week or two is they essentially had been talking behind the scenes with the Big Ten this entire time trying to stop them from committing uh, fratricide, basically, uh, and saying, hey, seriously, guys. I mean, look at the opening weekend. Fox just released their their promo for the opening weekend. They're going to go with a two-hour time or two-hour pregame show to try to compete with college game day. Good luck with that. 
Uh, but they're going with a two-hour pregame show. And if it, I mean, all of those avails, it's all Big 12 games on every single Fox station across the country all weekend long. That's an incredible amount of exposure for that league. Okay? And, and of course, most of those are windows that would have gone to Big 10 games instead. Right. So this source said to me, that's why we ha- we don't know even the headline games week three and four, what time of the day they're going to kick off at. It's because these conversations were being had behind the scenes until the very last minute to try to convince the, the Big Ten to get its head out of its ass, frankly, Mark. Well, the Big Ten, not necessarily of what's being decided and what uh, power structure is in place of the Big Ten, but the, the, the Big Ten as we know it in regards to it being a football power, a national brand, of course, and the TV ratings that it pulls along with the SEC as being generally the top 10 rated games in the nation coming from those two conferences, that that the networks and the other conferences would be willing to drag uh, and stall and wait and push and uh, try to bring along the Big Ten. So considering all the missteps made by Kevin Warren and the 11 presidents in particular, uh, the, the voice of the people and the reason of the other three conferences may finally win out and uh, deliver football for us. And um, we can only hope at this point. I said last week when the Thanksgiving thing leaked out, they're going to play in October because it didn't make any sense. I mean, if you're going to play in th- at Thanksgiving, the other leagues are still at the tail ends of their seasons. So you, now you have the worst of both worlds. If you want to wait and play next year, you've got the window all to yourself, all right, especially in the wintertime when people in our part of the country aren't going and doing a lot of traveling anyway, but watching more TV because it's winter, right? That there, there, There's an argument for you know doing a one-off in January and just owning that TV spotlight, right? But playing Thanksgiving weekend and starting there is the worst of both worlds. The other team, other leagues are in the heat of their seasons, deciding postseason of bids and the playoffs and everything else and 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 all you did was just tell your fans hey we just waited long enough so you wouldn't have a chance at the playoffs you wouldn't have a chance to you know for individual honors awards heisman trophies that was the worst of both worlds it made no sense if you're going to push into the into the fall you might as well start in october and give yourselves a chance to go ahead and have somewhat of a normal season and it appears that is where the momentum is heading if it ends up there do you want to see the Big Ten revamp the schedule that it came out with in August? I do. I like to see them say, you know what? We can have Ohio State and Michigan finish the season against each other now. All right. We're gonna we're gonna scrap that entire thing. Here is a here's the new official schedule for the Big Ten. What are your thoughts? Briefly back to the uh Thanksgiving weekend um startup time. Uh, Just to extend on your point, I've been talking about it on my channel for the last few days, ever since it was rumored. Imagine the laughing stock that the Big Ten would be and the insignificance of the play on the field would be when you've got three conferences competing for a national championship. So determining their conference champions, Mm -hmm. that obviously then goes into the 14 playoff generally uh, playing at the same time that the Big Ten's opening a season. And regardless of how big those matchups typically would be. Ohio State, Penn State, for example, uh, just the social media backlash of what a joke this is. These this conference is not competing with everyone else. So these games are meaningless. I don't even know what the national media outlets, how they would even report or give any significance to those games. It'd probably be the end of the college football final on ESPN, for example, on Saturday night, because the games Mm -hmm. are meaningless. 
And can you imagine the weekend of the college football playoff in which maybe a Friday night semifinal is then followed by week seven of the Big Ten season the next day? That's meaningless. Okay, back to the October startup. That's an excellent point, by the way, brother. That is an excellent point. Yep. It would look so foolish. Yeah. It would just be awful. I mean, we're, this is the, this is the league that invented expansion when it brought Penn State in. We forced the SEC to respond to us. We're the league that invented television networks. We forced the SEC and everybody else to respond to us. And now we're the league, the very first league that's been the trailblazer since the dawn of collegiate sports. We're going to go ahead and play our season at a time that it couldn't be any more insignificant than it, than it would be. You're right. I, I, that's a great point, Mark. Steve, I'm on board with your uh, format to go back to a traditional Big Ten season. There's no reason not to do that. Uh, let's get back to what it typically would be. Although I got to say that I would not be uh, that critical of staying with the revised schedule as it stands. Uh, we've been able to make it this far. We're on the brink of college football in its entirety. We've got one game in the book, Central Arkansas and Austin P. So things are shaping up, I think, um, more favorably than what we heard out of the fear mongers going back to the first week of June when the athletes first hit campus. What does this say about the future of our league, in your view, Mark? Um, or is this a one-off? Or don't we, we don't know if, it, if they play in October... Cooler heads prevail. In the end, the American people typically are a forgiving society. If you take the long and winding road, John Lennon, to give them what they want, they'll they'll forgive you. It's when you take the long and winding road and then don't that they don't, right? And so maybe this is an asterisk. Maybe we all just move on from this. What do you think? What's the long-term ramifications of all of this? People care about the result. They, they, they care about the conclusion. I was asked the other day by several people whether Kevin Warren would get fired over this. I said... Well, we got to see it play out in regards to if they're sticking to their guns. Let's see if the Big Ten wins the outcome or the ACC, the Big 12, or the SEC. Now, if we can save the Big Ten, get them started on October 10th, all is going to be forgiven because they're playing actual college football with everybody else and competing for a college football playoff berth. And, and I think all is forgiven. I think, uh, sure, there are going to be critics three years from now, five years from now that will point back to the Big Ten making stupid decisions, but all will be forgiven when the football is played on the field with everyone else. That's all that anybody really cares about. Agreed, but I also will say this. This is already Kevin Warren's only mulligan, okay? And he's one year in. Now, I don't think a lot of the, all of this is his fault. I think he views himself as a proxy tool for the presidents, and I think they they tried to use this as a means of trying to get back control of Big Ten athletics with Jim Delaney out of the way and try to rein things in and reassert, you know, their place of prominence and just viewed a, a rookie commissioner as their tool that they could just roll. But I think this is the mulligan. There cannot be any more major missteps after this. I think the margin for error for all of these people is about zero after this one. I want to take into account difficult situations, crisis management. It's easy to stand on the sideline or sit on Twitter and criticize. But the big issue in all of this was obviously not waiting yep. and looking at options. That's it was right. Pulling the trigger in panic and in fear. That's exactly right. Well said. Mark, good to have you with us as always, man. Hopefully next week we've got even bigger and better news to talk about. All right. Take care. Appreciate it, Steve.
This week's Twitter poll results, we asked you, when do you think we'll see Michigan football again? 43% of you said not until the fall of 2021. I'm going to tell you right now, you're all wrong. You're going to see it long before that. All right. 9% of you said January. That's the latest you're going to see it. 17.5% of you said Thanksgiving. I think the answer is October. 30.1% of you voted that way. That's the way that I would have voted as well. Yeah, you're, you're going to see it long before next fall. Mark my words. This week's question of the week comes from Ed L. How much do you believe politics played into the Big Ten's decision? Given that Kevin Warren went on the record with Yahoo Sports back in June that he wanted the Big Ten to sway the next presidential election. I think politics has played a huge role in this, but I don't think it's in the way that maybe most people think, given that it's a presidential election year. I I don't know what Kevin Warren's personal politics are, although he kind of made them known to Yahoo, or at least hinted at that. And, you know, there's all kinds of rumors out there that Governor Whitmer at Michigan is blocking this. Here's what I can tell you. The university presidents, particularly in our part of the country, in the eastern time zone here, north of the Mason-Dixon line, are political animals. And if you go back to our footprint, and this goes back to the old Northwest Ordinance, if I want to drop a historical nugget on you, a lot of our state universities view themselves in this part of the country as feeder systems for the Ivy League or kind of Midwestern versions of the Ivy League. Our own president at Michigan came from the Ivy League. He was immunologist, I think, at Brown University and Johns Hopkins. And and if you go back to the 1980s when the University of Iowa had the number one football team in the country, it had a president at the time named Hunter Rawlings who was trying to get rid of freshman eligibility, redshirting, and essentially turn us into uh, you know pre-World War II. I, I think that the politics at play here don't have much to do with Donald Trump or Joe Biden or the election. I think the politics at play here is Big Ten, the Big Ten University presidents looked at this as an opportunity to get their hands around athletics once again. That after Jim Delaney's success as commissioner, particularly with the launch of the Big Ten Network, turned this into a league that was a cash cow for athletics, that sports grew beyond a realm and a profile that they were comfortable with. And that they looked at this pandemic as the opportunity to reset that, particularly with a rookie commissioner that they could push around. They didn't have the clout that a Jim Delaney had. I think those are the politics that are at play here. That's why they're passing the buck. That's why they don't want to be transparent. That's why they're either lying that they don't remember if they voted or they're incompetent because they have, uh, you know, uh, they've lost uh, mental capacity. I think this is the politics that we're watching at play. And now they're watching their jobs being threatened because of the blowback against this decision. I think those politics have been what we've been watching unfold here for the last month or so. That's going to do it for this week's episode of Michigan Podcast. Don't forget to hit like, like I should say, like, rate, subscribe, uh, whether it is YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, no matter how much or what you do to watch or listen to this show each and every week. All of those things you can do on one of those platforms, at least, please do them for us. We appreciate it when you do. Spread the word about what we're doing here. Leave us a five-star review wherever you podcast the program from. Hit like and subscribe there on YouTube. Have a great week. Let's keep the momentum going towards a return to sanity in the Big Ten. Until the next time, go Blue.